are listening to Just Another Sports Podcast. We were off last week. It was kind of, it was kind of crazy uh, with the holiday and we weren't able to squeeze in an episode last week. And uh, still playing a little shorthanded this week. Uh, Josh Smith is back on vacation. Uh, in fact, he's nursing a little bronchitis. So even if he was here, uh, Josh might not be able to be on the, on the podcast this week. And uh, Alan Etzler uh, was going to join us, but then he had an issue with his eye come up, and uh, he couldn't uh, make it in uh, either. So I'm uh, playing a little shorthanded this week, but Greg Swatek here with you, and uh, our man uh, Joe Ferraro of the Frederick News Post Sports Department is back with us. Thanks for uh, pitching in uh, this week, Joe. Tough task, replacing both uh, both Josh and Alan. Yeah, I'll, but I'll, I'll do my best. But someone's got to do it, <laughs> and I, I didn't want to miss another week. Because uh, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. Uh, yeah. Uh, but both uh, with baseball, we just we just had the All Star game, and uh, the the NBA is, is is completely changed since we <laughs> since we last uh, did a podcast. The entire landscape um, of the NBA is different, and then that's kind of where I wanted to start, Joe. Is yep. Just with, just with all of the money spent, I, I think over two billion dollars was spent within the span of just a couple of days on on, on these free agents. And uh, the big Anthony Davis trade, which was expected uh, to the Lakers, and then the move that caught sort of everyone off guard, I think, mm-hmm. was was the Kawhi Leonard move to the Clippers. The Clippers looked out of it because they didn't have a second star. Um, it, it seemed to be uh, a two horse race between the Lakers and the Raptors. Was he going to go back to the Raptors where he just won a title last year? And then all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, news broke that. Kawhi had been pushing the Clippers behind the scenes to trade for Paul George, right? And the Clippers gave up a king's ransom for Paul George, a couple of nice players, and and I think four first round draft picks uh, for uh, Paul George uh, to get him from the Oklahoma City Thunder, and then Kawhi signed uh, his deal with the Clippers. So now the Clippers, who had one of the best benches in the NBA already who had one of the best coaches in the NBA already, who had a really great score and a closer already in Lou Williams, now add Kawhi Leonard and Paul George uh, to the mix. And to me, the Clippers, the lowly laughingstock Los Angeles Clippers, are now the team to beat in the in the NBA. How, how do you look at it? I, I think so, too. And, and you mentioned all the surprises. And who would have thought that you know, Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving would be going to the Nets uh, of all team? That that. That blind that blindsided me a little bit. Yeah, but. We, we, we didn't even mention that. I mean, <laughs> and, and sort of over the last year, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving had been seen talking to each other. There, there were rumors that they wanted to play together. Right. But, 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 yeah, Brooklyn. I mean, Kyrie was sort of pegged for Brooklyn. Brooklyn. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the, the the Nets, the number two team in, in in the New York market, sort of like the Clippers, the number two team in the LA market. Boy, the Knicks. I mean, uh, boy, they they've got to be thinking what just happened here. We we got we got nobody. But back to the point that you made, and and also. You know the one player I think that overlooked player that I think that that makes them the team to beat, uh, Patrick Beverly, who's been known for for his his lockdown defense. So you, you add him to the mix, and yeah, they're I think they are the team to beat. You know the Lakers got their own you know defensive stalwart and uh, and Avery Bradley. I think they'll be much improved and on the defensive Davis end too. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So so, but Avery Avery Bradley, great defender and. In Boston for all these years, but uh, you know Clippers, I think a lot more deeper, uh, a, a lot more athletic. Uh, I, I I totally agree. They're they're the team to beat right now. Well, I think that's what makes the trade interesting because you keep Patrick Beverly, 
And then you had Kawhi Leonard, who's a great two-way player, and you had Paul yep. George, who's a great two-way player. So, so don't even count what Paul George and Kawhi <laughs> Leonard can do offensively. They're elite right. defenders. So now you have three elite defenders yep. on, on on the court at once, in addition to what all those guys could do sure. offensively. So, the, sort of the Lakers are a contender. I mean, the, the league is finally wide open. I mean, people have been complaining over the last five years that it, it, it's Golden State. It's Golden State. We already know who's going to win the title, and and that's. Kind of, pro- it proved to be true. What th- three times out of the, out of the five years, and then <laughs> and then one year the Cavs unexpectedly came back from a three-one series deficit and, and shocked the world uh, to beat the seventy-three win Warriors, and then uh, the the Raptors just won the title this year. Now injuries played into that with Golden State with both Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson. Would the Raptors have won the title had those players been healthy? Nah, who knows. But but. But Toronto won the title this year. So I don't think the league was quite as predictable as people said it was over the last five years. I mean, Golden State mm-hmm. was consistently there. But but still, they, they lost a couple of times. And now the league's wide open. I mean, yep. uh, the Lakers trade for Anthony Davis to, and, 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 and pick up a nice and, – and they sign Boogie Cousins. And they finally have a decent team around LeBron. But they might not even be the best team – in, in Los Angeles, uh, given the moves right. the Clippers made. Yeah. Um, Could and, be between those two teams when it's all said and done. We'll, right. We'll see how it goes. But And, and they also brought back, the Lakers did, uh, uh, Rajon Rondo. So, so yeah, they're going to be a formidable team. And, and then on, on the other side, probably kind of overlooked is, is, is the Bucks. Uh, I, I think with, you know, Kawhi in – in the West right now, I think they've got a, a real good shot of at least, uh, you know, making it to the finals again because they a couple of big moves that, you know, they brought back uh, Chris Middleton, their their number two scorer, uh, George Hill and, and Brooke, George and, Hill, right. and, and Brooke Lopez as well. So so all, all these pieces that you're wondering, are they going to come back or not? They 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 brought them all back. And so so they're going to be they're going to be a pretty formidable team in the East. And, and, and the Sixers uh, retained uh, 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 Tobias Harris. They added Al Horford. Yep. Uh, Jimmy Butler went to the Miami Heat. Um, so, so, so that was that was sort of an in- interesting move there. And now, if the Heat trade for Russell Westbrook, they 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 could be uh, jump into that mix in the East. Uh, the, the Celtics added um, uh, the point guard. Um, why why is his name? Um, uh, escaping me right now um from yukon um <laughs> you got me too <laughs> well, I, I, i'll think of this because this, this, this name has just left my head um kemba walker kemba walker yes okay. thank you uh, the the uh, the celtics just added kemba walker to a, do a huge contract the utah jazz traded for mike conley and and, and added a couple of pieces the so grizzlies they, yep they, they could be an int- intriguing team in the west so the league has wanted parity for a long time. I think they finally have it now. The They've war- got it. The, the, the Warriors aren't, aren't going to be any sort of pushover next year because they added D'Angelo Russell. So they still sort of have a – even though Clay Thompson's going to be out, Durant's gone, the Warriors will still have a sort of a big three with Curry, um, D'Angelo Russell, and um, Draymond Green. So so the Warriors, I, I, I think, are still very much in the, in the championship conversation, and especially if they can get Clay Thompson back. Uh, Brooklyn is probably a year away. Uh, Kyrie's going to help them, mm-hmm. but 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 with Durant missing most of this season, they're they're probably a year away to see what they really are. So all sorts of money was spent, all sorts of moves were made across the league. So it it, it really shook things up, and and yep. it's 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 one of the craziest 
free agency periods I think the league's ever seen. So. Yeah, I mean, I actually looked at a list online, and uh, it, it was just uh, you know overwhelming to keep track of uh, of everyone. I think what eighty plus uh, people you know changed teams or or eighty transactions, I guess you know made you know over over the course of just a week it was uh yeah again o- overwhelming <laughs> just keep track of everybody who, who went where so in the east yeah i think the favorites are milwaukee like yep. you said uh i think philly is in there um yep. and, and then probably the teams behind them are like uh uh indiana boston um maybe miami if they, if, if they could trade for russell westbrook you have the toronto i think it still has a decent nucleus of players still good um still with, good group. with uh pascal siakam with marcus all with kyle Lowry, with um, sure. uh, uh fred van vliet who proved to be one a very instrumental player in the nba finals so toronto's not going to be a pushover next year and then, yep. in, in the west you have both the la teams denver was good last year uh utah should be good portland um uh, the Warriors, so um, so it really is a, a wide open field of the league. But I, but I do think the Clippers are sort of a notch above everyone else. I think so. Given they added a, a top five player in Kawhi Leonard and, and probably a top ten to fifteen player in, in Paul George, who are both great defenders too, not just not just offensive yeah, players. Yeah, and, and I think you know the the Beverly acquisition, I think put them over the top of uh, of the Lakers. Right, yeah, yeah. Keep yep. keeping Patrick Beverly and, and, yep. and that roster that took two games from the Warriors in the, in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that was that was uh, uh, a really good that the Clippers were able to keep most of their nucleus yep. intact and add those players. They, now they gave up their future with, with all the draft picks, but sure, but but they're more than willing to do that to, to finally uh, <laughs> chase a, have a legitimate chance to chase the championship. I don't think they've yeah. ever been past the second round of the playoffs yeah, uh, they before. Got, they got so. two years and and an option for a third, right? <laughs> to, to to get it done. Yeah. Now this is a slow part in the sports calendar because all we really have is midseason baseball, and and we just had the midseason baseball classic, uh, the All Star Game. D- is, does the All-Star game still resonate with you, Joe, or has it sort of lost some relevance over the years just given with interleague play and just all the other factors that have sort of changed the dynamic of the All-Star game? <laughs> I guess, you know, I'm a, it's my favorite sport, so, you know, I, I still pay attention. But I guess you, know, you, you wonder about, you know, the relevance just because now, I guess what, I think it's this is the second year now where, the all-star game does not decide the home field advantage, yeah. you know, when, when you get to the world series. Did, so did you like that when, when they, I kind of did when they attached, when they attached, yeah, uh, it, 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 you know, all the players just feel as if, yeah, we, we have to play hard, you know, because because there's something at stake here. I, I liked it too. I, I know a lot of the traditionalists sort of got up in arms about it and they said, how could you, attach something as significant as home field advantage in the world series to an exhibition game and all that but it meant the game meant something absolutely i mean and it gave some purpose uh, to the all-star game which was losing sure. some steam with interleague play and it's not such a novelty anymore to see american league teams face national league teams and american league players and national league players like mixing on on, on the same field that's not such a novel concept uh like it used to be because you only got it in the, in the in the old days with in, in the All Star Game and the World Series, that was yep. the only time you, you sort of had the cross league um, uh, games. So um, I, I sort of liked it too. Um, and 
everything is so hyper exposed these days um that just things lose their luster over time the all-star game is 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 lost some for me i mean it's 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 intriguing just because it's still an event um but um i did like the fact that and you know other stations have done this in in spring training where you know they mic'd up the players that that gave it a nice in, in injection of, of entertainment. You know, the interaction between uh, Freddie Freeman and Justin Verlander in the, in the middle of the game just, uh, you know, brought uh, brought out a few uh, human elements. So so like that a lot. I did. You and I were discussing this last night, just the dynamic of being interviewed while you're actually playing a game, while the game is going on. Yep. So a ball could be hit to you while, while you're sort of being interviewed. Sure. So, so your, your, your brain has to be uh, – in, in some sort of other gear or whatever to be able mm-hmm. to answer questions and sort of pay attention and, and stay fully focused on the game. I, I, it seems difficult. I, I don't know if I could pull that, that, that task off. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I don't only do it for exhibitions like this, but, uh, but uh, yeah, it definitely brought uh, a, a little extra to, to the game. I, I liked it. You had, you had a great story. You were watching spring training and yep. and who was it that was uh, being interviewed? Yeah. Yeah. This was the, this was a spring training game between the Red Sox and, and the Cubs and they were interviewing uh, Mookie Betts out in right field. And then all of a sudden Chris Bryan hits one down the right field line over his head. And, and then uh, you could hear uh, Mookie Betts huffing and puffing for a couple of seconds. And he tells everybody, uh oh, guys! I'm not gonna be able to get this one. <laughs> he had to go out and chase the ball. So, so as I watched that All Star game, I was rooting for you know for that uh, to happen again, just to see what these guys had to say. I think uh, they mic'd up uh, Christian uh, Yelich while a ball was was hit out in the gap between uh, between him and. And the center fielder, I, I believe it was uh, Ronald Acuna who was out there at, at the time. And uh, I, I don't think uh, Yelich said anything. So, uh, so n- not not much entertainment there. But uh, well, you, you sort of root for that to happen. What was Mookie in mid response to a question when when when, when the ball came? Uh, to him off the bat of Chris Bryant. Or? No, I, I think I think he had answered the question, and then uh, and then he had to run, run back and chase that, and and said, "Oh, guys, I'm not going to get this one." <laughs> he did it kind of kind of nonchalantly, and then uh, went down and chased it, threw it in, and then and then the interview continued after you know play was dead. And, was, and, and poor Mookie was probably trying to catch his breath while while continuing <laughs> right, uh, right, uh, with, right, right. With the interview. So yep. So, so the American League wins the All Star Game for the seventh straight year. They they hang on for a four or three win after uh, Brad Hand, uh, the Indians closer, the the hometown Indians closer, sort of made it interesting uh, there in the in the uh, I believe it was the eighth inning uh, by by giving up uh, three runs. And um, uh, the American League hangs on to win, and the MVP choice was interesting. I, I, I it was Shane Bieber yeah. of the Indians because he mm-hmm. threw a he struck out the side in in, in the bottom of the fifth inning there. And I, I just think maybe they lacked a great candidate uh, on, on the American League side. Uh, Joey Gallo hit the hit the, hit of the Texas Rangers hit a home run that, that proved uh, to be the game winning hit. He would have been my choice, right? Um, but I think they wanted to play up to the crowd in Cleveland, and and, and here, uh, Bieber had a great inning of work, obviously with the, with the three, three strikeouts. So it was just an easy fan choice there. But sure, and I'm an Indians fan, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure that Shane Bieber was the right choice for the All Star Game MVP. 
and he'll probably be an easily it'll be a trivia question one day like who won <laughs> who won the all-star game mvp in 2019 and and i think people even 20 years from now will struggle to come up with shane bieber and, and, right and, and unless he continues to uh pitch really well and, and just and just becomes a regular all-star and more of a household name so yeah no i mean he he it was it was a great outing. He, as you said, he struck out the three guys, but uh, but you know, four or five other pitchers had scoreless innings as well. So they had just as much impact as he did, even though he did it in a spectacular fashion. You couldn't say that, that you know that Justin Verlander you, you know had less impact than than Shane Bieber by by pitching a, a scoreless inning, right? Now, there's all sorts of these state-of-the-game conversations that, that take place <laughs> uh, during All-Star Weekend. Yep. And and, and, the, and the big story in Cleveland this week was just how home runs have sort of taken over the game. Like, it's, it's another record year for home runs. And I brought in uh, I brought in a copy of the paper here because there were some interesting numbers that I, that I wanted to read and, and point out to everyone. Sure. Um, batters have hit 3,691 homers and in 1,345 games on pace for well over 6,600 home runs over the course of the full season. That would be 19% above last year's uh, total, which was uh, about 5,500, and 9% over the record 6,100 hit in 2017. So they're they're on pace to blow away all sorts of records uh, with home runs. Oh, yeah. Uh, in, in the steroids there, everyone, everyone thinks Bonds and, or excuse me, uh, McGuire and, and Sosa and Bonds too uh, w- w- with his uh, single season record. But the high home run total for the season in the steroids era was 5,693 in 2000. So they're on pace for over 1,000 more than were hit in the height of the, of the steroid era this yep. year. Now, baseball has done some research uh, uh, onto why – so many home runs of being hit yep. and it has to do with the, the ball has changed. Um, they, baseball claims it's done nothing to alter the baseball to, to promote home run hitting, but they say now there's less drag on the ball and, right. and, and, and they can't figure out why. And, and, and the less drag on the ball obviously is causing it to, to fly out of the ballpark uh, far more often. Now, Justin Verlander of the of the Astros has claimed that this was deliberately done by Major League Baseball to promote to promote home runs. Like he feels there's some um, shenanigans um, going on here. Rob Manfred, the commissioner, uh, came out in his news conference before the game and said, "No, we've done nothing to alter the baseballs, and uh, in fact, we're we're concerned about the number of home runs being hit because owners apparently uh, don't." Manfred claimed that. The owners aren't happy about all the home runs that are being hit. They want less home runs, which which seems a bit of a it seems like a, a fishy claim that owners don't want home runs being hit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's the thing, and you know, you and I cover basketball games and and whatnot, and so even at the high school level, before the tip off. The officials, you know, presiding over the game, they, you know, they they check the the basketball. They, you know, they bounce it a couple of times. You know, make sure that it's it's fit for for competition. So, you know, I I, I find it hard to believe that you know nobody knew about this because you know on a on a more you know higher level, I'm sure that before before games are being played, I'm sure there's a there's a you know a group of administrators who are in charge of 
of doing just that, examining the ball and seeing that it's, you know, fit for competition. And, and so, yeah, I just find it hard to believe that, that, that they knew nothing about this. Oh, here, here, here's the quote from Manfred um, uh, at his press conference prior to the All-Star game. Quote, baseball has done nothing, given no direction for alteration of the baseball. The biggest flaw in that logic is that baseball somehow wants more home runs. If you sat in an owner's meeting and listened to people talk about the way our game is played, that is not the sentiment among the owners for whom I work, which, again, I, I find hard to believe that owners are frowning upon the number of home runs uh, being hit because it was the rage back in uh, the late 90s. Sure. And, and it was filling, it was, they were setting attendance records because of the home runs being hit by uh, McGuire and Sosa back in, back in 1998. So uh, back to Manfred's uh, quote here. There is no desire on the part of ownership to increase the number of home runs in the game, which, again, I, I, I find that claim hard to believe. Yep. To the contrary, they're concerned about how many we have, and, and that's the end of the quote about home runs. So he claims they did nothing to the doctor of the baseball. Max Scherzer uh, was, was quoted by Barry Zverluga in the Washington Post saying, it's the elephant in the room right now, and, and baseball has to answer why the ball has changed, and, and, and they have to get – they have to get it back under control to where there's more drag on the ball and, and the ball's not flying out of the ballpark so easily. So I would not be surprised if, if there were a change made before the playoffs start because I believe it, last year there were some pitchers who, who, who looked at the baseball and actually commented that they said that they felt that the ball seemed a little bit slicker coming out of their hands this is uh you know the playoff baseballs that they were slicker than the ones used during the regular season all of a sudden so i would not be surprised if uh if something was done you know between the end of the regular season and and the playoffs when you know when you need uh you know your pitchers you need them to stick around <laughs> a little bit longer you know, and, you right. know and, and with the you know the the use of the bullpen the increased use of the bullpen yeah you, I, I think something will be done before before the playoffs start I mean if you just look at the math like something was done to the ball yes the ball has changed it's creating less drag yeah. now who did something to the ball why was that that why was whatever was done to the ball why was that done I mean it, it seems like baseball sort of like it's hard to believe that baseball didn't say, man, this might increase the number of home runs. Let's, sure. Let's, baseball knew there was going to be less drag on the ball. It's hard for me to believe otherwise that they didn't know that, that what they were doing here. And now it seems a bit dubious for Manfred to get up there and say, oh, whoa, we've, done, we've looked at this and we have no idea why there's less drag on the ball and stuff like that. And owners don't want home runs. Like we're very, we're very concerned about this. So. I don't know, Rob. Rob Manfred. It's questionable. Yeah, he's very he's, questionable. He, he could be could be boatworthy uh, uh, this week. So. Dun, dun, dun. Right. Um, all right. Uh, the the women's World Cup. Uh, obviously, we should touch on that too. Uh, were you caught up in the in the tournament at all? Did you um, check it out at any point? Or yeah. and it's okay to say you weren't. If, if you know if what? you weren't. Uh, you know, I I, I wasn't. Uh, but uh, actually, you know, very impressive. Uh, I I didn't think that they'd be able to pull it off just because they've got uh, you know new, a new goalie. And so I, I thought, well, well, hey, you know, it doesn't have the experience, but obviously, uh, <laughs> she, you know, she she proved me wrong, and as, as did the, the the entire team. So, 
uh, you know, Abby Wambach's come and gone and others such as Alex Morgan and, um, you know, uh, uh, Megan Rapino, no, Kristen, older, Kristen Press, you know, all, 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 all these people have stepped uh, up their games to make up for it. Yeah, and, Carly Lloyd, yeah, Carly uh, Lloyd. Is, is an older, they're all yep. four years older than, than when they won in 2015, obviously. So it's just, the, the thing that strikes me about them is they're not afraid to speak their minds. Like so, so many star athletes in sports today are, are afraid to say certain things because they don't want to offend anyone. Right. Uh, they they want to be PC. Um, they, they don't want to damage their brand at all. But, 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 but these women are all about pushing boundaries and speaking their minds and, 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 and pushing for change. And, and, and the fact that they win just about all the time just lends credibility to everything that they're doing, it seems. Oh, absolutely. A lot. Uh, yeah, no, no I, I totally agree. I mean, p- people want to be, you know, tight lipped and, you know, especially in the NFL, you know, hey, hi, you know, just uh, protect that shield. And, right. And, and no, these people are saying, no, the heck with that. You know, we're going to we're going to stand up with with what we believe in. Then we're not going to give you phony answers when, when somebody puts a microphone in our in our face. We're going to be we're going to be honest. We're going to be upfront, and we're, we're going to tell you how we feel. Yeah. And, and the analysts were saying, like, the, the, the rest of the world is, is slowly closing the gap. I mean, this wasn't just a group of ragtag teams that the u.s went through i mean france was a very credible team sweden the netherlands has made big strides and they they got to the final obviously yeah so so the world the rest of the world has improved in 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 women's soccer and still the u.s rolled through the entire tournament without really much of a hiccup at all i mean they weren't they were pushed a couple of times a couple of two one games right but they, they i don't think they were ever in serious danger of losing but um, England, uh, 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 the goalie uh, Nair uh, m- m- made a huge uh, penalty ki- penalty kick stop in, in that England one that preserved their uh, one goal victory there. So, so just a, a remarkable group of women that, that will leave a lasting impact, I think, uh, for for a long time. Um, and and with the young players on the team, like the U.S. is still going to be at, at, at the forefront on on, on this stage uh, every every four years. Yep. And, and and I think they'll eventually get the equal pay. I I, I think I think um, the U.S. Federation and I think FIFA in general, because the tournament does very well, it, it draws very well on. Uh, rates very well on television and there's big crowds at all of these games I, I i think that the what these women are doing i, I think will eventually lead to uh to the women getting a e- equal share of the pay sort of like t- tennis has come around in in, in uh in that area too in it a has. lot of the tournaments and, and, and women make just as much as the men so sure all right uh who are we throwing on the boat uh this week joe <laughs> this one uh, I gotta give a shout out to our colleague John Cannon for for bringing this up. Uh, we we talk baseball cards a lot, and and then tops this year in their in their series two set. You know, and actually they do this with a lot of set. They they come out with with reprints. Uh, they're iconic reprints of of certain cards of uh, of the past, and and they had a 1958. Um, uh, Roger Maris card. This is when Roger Maris was with the Indians, and the actual card had had a in a, an image of uh, Chief Wahoo on the corner of the card itself, and also on uh, Roger Maris's uh, the, the the on the sleeve of the jersey and on his hat. And so when this iconic reprint w- came out, they 
they changed the card so, so you could have the, you know, the C logo instead of Chief Wahoo. So now everybody knows, you know, about Chief Wahoo. He's, and, he's, and, he's the big toothy grinning uh, yeah. uh, Indian caricature. Yep. That, that, the, that was the Indians logo for so long. The team has since abandoned it uh, in, the, in the last uh, two years. Uh, th- this is the first year where he's been completely phased out of sure uh, anything to do with the team. There are a lot of people that want him back, and regardless of what your feelings of Chief Wahoo are, Chief Wahoo existed uh, and, and, w- and was a logo during Roger Maris's time, and he, he shouldn't be removed no. from, from, from a card from that era, and I think uh, that's your point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's a deal where, you know, offending, uh, you know, Native Americans, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that uh, I'm not yeah, going to disagree this, with, this, with, uh, this, with pushing Chief Wahoo. This has nothing uh, to do with right. what, what you think of the Chief Wahoo symbol and, right. and offending Native Americans. No, this no, is, no. This, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is what was history at the time. Right, this is what it was. And yeah. so you're you're this is an example of revising history. So whoever made that uh, that person I can't identify the person who made that final decision okay. that said well, you know we're going to do this but whoever whoever made that decision should be put on the boat because you're you're revising history. If you if you want to be, you know, sensitive toward, you know, concerns of the Native Americans, I understand that. Don't put out that card, you know, do not put out any Indians cards with the Chief Wahoo uh, logo and then doctor the card. I mean, that is uh, that is uh, just uh, an untruthful, uh, you know, piece, you know, piece of uh, or representation uh, of history. And you, you shouldn't do that either. You either put in the card as is or, or don't put it in at all. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm with you there. So. Uh, anyone else for the boat, or that's you, that's what I got. The, the the person that wiped Chief, Chief Wahoo off Mar- Roger Maris's right. sleeve sleeve there. So. Yeah, that is hat. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a couple of baseball commissioners on onto the boat. The first is Rob Manfred for what we just talked about here. This yep. this, this claim that no, we don't we we, we got to figure out what happened to the baseball here, or we don't know what happened to the baseball, or why it, why it happened, why there's less drag on the ball. I don't know anything. Right, and and, and the other is for, uh, for making the claim that the owners don't want more home runs. Now now home runs, <laughs> as many sports writers have pointed out in the last week, have severely impacted the game. Like the ball's not in play as much. And all sorts of other exciting plays, um, uh, singles that, that that create base running plays and, yep. and throws home and stuff like that, uh, and just strategy has been removed from the game. Yeah. Doubles and triples into the gap, you know, getting to see right. players, you know, run around the bases right. and see, things, see athleticism and entertainment. Right, I mean, things yep. that are generally appealing to watch about baseball are being removed from the game because so many home runs are being hit in the ball, and or they're either. Players are either hitting home runs or they're striking out, and the ball just isn't in play as much. And the game, in in a lot of ways, isn't is exciting to watch. Um, but the idea that people don't like home runs and that baseball doesn't want more home runs seems to be again a bit of a dubious claim, and it sort of yep. ties back to why they changed the ball in the first place. So Rob Manfred uh, earns a, earns a spot on the boat this week. I'm also going to throw his predecessor, uh, Bud Selig, onto the boat uh, this week because Bud Selig. Okay. Uh, just put out a book or he's, he's just written a book where he talks about how arduous it was to follow Barry Bonds during his home run chase and how he, it was kind of a sad that no one wanted Barry Bonds to break this hallowed record of, of, uh, of, of, of Hank Aaron uh, for, for the all-time home runs chase. But meanwhile, Bud, T- Bud Selig is the commissioner that turned a blind eye to all the steroid 
they used back in the late 90s. And during the Maguire, Sosa chase, Bonds for much of his career, like, I mean, baseball benefited in a big way from not cracking down on some of these guys. And, and, Bud, and Bud Selig benefited in a big way from not throwing the book at some of these guys and really hammering them for, uh, for these uh, PED offenses. And now he's claiming, oh, whoa, life life was so tough during that time. Well, you're, you're the guy that turned a blind eye to all of it and, and, and didn't do – much to, to, to curb the use of performance enhancing drugs. So now, so, so, uh, so save, <laughs> spare me your, save me your, uh, uh, complaints. Uh, right. You made now. life tough on yourself there, bud. Right. So, so now that it's convenient for Bud Selig to start telling the truth about all these things, now that he's making money to tell the truth, sure. It, it, it's much easier to do so. So it, it seems like, uh, the truth and honesty has always come with a price tag for, with, with Bud Selig. So, uh, so Bud Selig, uh, goes on the boat um, this week. Um, senior seat to be seen uh, could be good this week because Joe, you were just in Pittsburgh uh, yep. uh, for a Pirates uh, Cubs game, and you are, a, as, as people know, a, a Cubs fan. No, I yeah, I saw, saw the Pirates Cubs play and uh, an enjoyable experience, and so it just the just the view of everything, the the Clemente Bridge and the Pittsburgh sk- skyline, and just being be able to see that it's it's a beautiful ballpark. So you so you love the park, loved yeah. it, loved it. And then you know the the history, the you know the statues uh, surrounding the stadium of Stargell and Mazeroski, Clemente, uh, Honus Wagner. Yeah, I was uh, really enjoyed it, and you know the 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 unique. Uh, tunes of the organ that that, that make uh you know some of the songs uh, appear to you know uh, to, to be uh uh songs played on on the organ of a pirate ship uh, yeah. all, all these nice little uh, little touches uh, touches had had a really good time you know fans were were really respectful i mean hey i i think i told you i went to dodger stadium and then also uh to uh at&t park uh, in san francisco and you know, w- w- Cubs weren't even playing. Had my Cubs jersey on, and, and people were <laughs> were giving me a hard time. So, but no, I mean the people uh-huh. there, very nice people, down to earth people, uh, and uh, it was uh, an enjoyable experience. Had you ever been to Pittsburgh before? Nope, first time. You know, love the city, uh, and you know, me being from the south side of Chicago, just you know, growing up in an, in a blue collar neighborhood where. You had your your share of uh, steel mills, you know, anchoring down that neighborhood for years. That since shut down, had a, a similar feel. Be, you know, walking around the the south side of Pittsburgh, you know, that gritty, tough, uh, you know, blue collar feel to it. Uh, enjoyed it, liked it a lot. Now you went to the game on the Fourth of July, right? I did. And were, were there fireworks and stuff? You know what? Uh, not for that particular game because they were planning fireworks. You know, right around 9.30 later on that night, that that was a 4 p.m. game, was over around 7.30-ish, 7.45, at which point everything, everybody filed out of there, and they had a 4th of July fireworks show uh, that night uh, right, right, later right, on. Right on the river. Right, right on, they, right on right, the river, yeah. Right, so, so that must have been cool uh, very, uh, with the downtown Very, scene very and, nice and, experience, and, yep. And it was really hot last week. Uh, how'd you guys make out with the heat? It was. Did you have good seats, or <laughs> were you under the shade, or? Um, um yeah, the seats, the, the seats were good, but you know, the yeah, the, the the walks involved, yeah, it was very very sticky. Was uh, sweating uh, profusely, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, but still, though, that you know, the things that we did around uh, around town, uh, around the ballpark, uh, 
really enjoyed myself fun time and and the cubs made it worth your while because they they happened to win the game they 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 won they won so uh i was uh considering whether or not i I was a jinx uh you know showing up to all these road ballparks and and uh and seeing them lose uh you know i saw them in cincinnati they 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 lost over there and i'm thinking boy (laughs) uh not good but uh but yeah they, they they pulled one out for me right I'll go with a to be seen, and that's it. And we have another Federer Nadal uh, Grand Slam semifinal uh, coming up. That uh, mm. they each won their quarterfinal matches at Wimbledon, and and will, and will meet um, in, in in the semis on Friday. So I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, on grass, it seems to be a little bit more of a even matchup uh, because Nadal doesn't get the ball bounce that he does on clay, so that gives yep. Federer more of a chance. Um, and, shorter and, points, and, and shorter points, and so the match. Uh, could be more uh, competitive and compelling. Of course, they played uh, the greatest match ever, uh, but back in uh, t- 2008, I, b- I believe it was, yep. uh, the Wimbledon final. So so uh, looking forward to that. Uh, a, a scene was uh, Sports Illustrated uh, did a cover story on Alex Rodriguez and, and how he's now sort of a beloved figure again with, with his TV work and um, just his, his analysis. And, of course, he's... Uh, uh, the, the boyfriend of Jennifer Lopez so that yep. that make that makes him more appealing to to the people just in in the pop culture scene and stuff like that so um a rod still strikes me as being sort of a phony guy who's who's caught up with himself <laughs> and doing and, and making things making people think a certain way about him but at least he seems he's more aware that he he he's phony <laughs> it, it seemed that was my takeaway from mm-hmm. from the the, the story um, uh, by by Ben, Re- the very talented Ben Reader of uh, Sports Illustrated. Uh, it's it's worth checking out just just to see how his life is sort of changed and how he's really rebounded from a pretty low point in his life when he was suspended uh, basically for a year right. for, from baseball. Um, but uh, a Rod, that was my takeaway. He's, he's still a phony guy, but now he's more self aware that, that he's phony. So yeah. and it's uh, he does appear to me. I, I didn't read the story. He does appear to me that he's he's a little bit more humble. Uh, a, a, actually, he a is. lot more humble than than he was. Could and, be still a, a little bit on the phony side, but a lot more humble. And, and, and I I will respect that. And and, and J Lo's helped him out a lot too with his image and stuff, and say, hey, maybe you should do this or don't do that and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So so you could tell that she's had a big impact on his life too. In, in, in a very positive way so um i see you have a bunch of notes over there joe did we miss anything and no the, no did, this is, this is just my, my my little guide on uh, on what we had the what, what we had to talk about today all so. right well with that uh we want, would like to say uh get better alan uh hope your eye feels Absolutely. better uh, get better josh uh, yep. who's on vacation again he, he's taking a lot of vacation now he'll be on vacation in a couple, in a, in a couple weeks from now too so we, we gotta get josh back to work uh, here so Uh, Hopefully, uh, Josh will be back with us next week. Uh, But until then, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we will see you back here on Just Another Sports Podcast.